With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome in, everybody. College football betting. National championship game edition, baby. That's right. I am your host, Aaron Torres. Hope everybody is doing well. Hope everybody is off to a great start to the 2022 calendar year. And hope everybody is ready for what is the final episode of college football betting of the 2021, now 2022 season. We started back on Labor Day weekend. Clemson was playing Georgia. Miami was playing Bama. Here we are five, five and a half, six months later with Alabama and Georgia playing for a national championship. This show ultimately will be no different than all of the other ones that we have done all year. I will break down just this one game, and I will give you what I hope is the best information possible so that you can make your wagers. By the way, quick shout-out to the people of New York. First week with mobile sports betting, so congrats to New York. Welcome to the club, and let's talk some college football betting. That's what we do. I don't give out picks. If you want my picks, they're available at AaronTorresOnline.com as well as also on the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast Monday's edition. One last note before we get to the college football national championship game Monday night. I do want to remind you guys, uh, guys and girls, guys and girls, I do want to remind you really quickly that make sure that you are subscribed. While this is the last game of the season in college football, this will not be our last show until September, okay? We are obviously, as things shake themselves out over the next couple weeks with NFL draft decisions, with transfer portal stuff, we will do shows previewing the season ahead we will do shows with the updated national championship odds in the next couple weeks we'll do shows with updated Heisman odds in the next couple weeks when the week one lines come out we'll do those as well point being this show does not end just because the college football season ends on Monday night so it's a fun off season let's get to that title game but before we break down the game again tonight national championship game And our partners at DraftKings and the DraftKings Sportsbook have an incredible offer for first-time users. And yes, that includes all of you in New York as legalized mobile sports betting has come to New York. First-time offer, first-time users, incredible offer. Here's the deal. Pick one team. Do you like Georgia? Do you like Alabama? Make a $5 money line bet on either. All you got to do is pick them to win. No spread, no over-under, no this, no that. Just a $5 bet on either Alabama or Georgia to win. And if that team wins, you get $200 in free cash, courtesy of DraftKings and the DraftKings Sportsbook. It is the best offer going in sports betting. Here's how you take advantage. Click the link in the show description and sign up for a new account with DraftKings Sportsbook and make your first deposit. New York, I hear you. 
I know you want in. Click the link in the show description. Sign up for a new account. Make a $5 bet on either team. You like Bama, you bet Bama. You like Georgia, you like Georgia. Just $5 on either team. And if your team wins, you get an automatic $200 thanks to our friends at DraftKings and the DraftKings Sportsbook. Again, it's the best offer going. Click the link in the show description. Take advantage now. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537 in Illinois. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER in Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Wyoming, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia, 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, or call or text Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789 again in Tennessee. Must be 21 plus or over to enter, 18 plus or over in Wyoming, Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, New York, and Louisiana now only. Minimum $5 deposit, minimum $5 wager. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full terms and conditions. All right, everybody, I am back. Good to be back, good to be back. And I just got one question for you. You guys ready to preview a national championship game? That is right. Monday night, Alabama versus Georgia in Indianapolis, Lucas Oil Stadium. And I think we're going to get a fun one. Maybe I'm dumb enough. Maybe I'm naive enough to believe that this one will be more competitive. We all know that these two teams played earlier this season. We all know they played for an SEC championship game. We all know that it got very, very, very ugly as Alabama beat Georgia 41-24. to But I'm dumb enough. Naive enough, whatever word you want to use to believe that this game will be closer. Uh, And the point spread reflects it. I'm sure most of you know by now, but Georgia was a two and a half point favorite to open. They are now a three point favorite, according to DraftKings Sportsbook. And on top of that, the over under is set at 52 and a half. And so as we get set to preview this game, I think the first thing we have to do is try to piece together one simple thing. What did the first game mean? What can we take away from it? Why did it matter? What did not matter? And how do we use that to preview Monday night's game? I think, first of all, that was obviously the game where Bryce Young turned from really, really, really good college football player to college football superstar slash Heisman Trophy winner. Um, And I think it's worth noting, while I don't know that we necessarily realized it coming into the game, he did expose one thing. And that is that Georgia's secondary If such a thing exists as a weakness for Georgia's defense, it was probably their secondary, not only against Alabama, but coming into this season. Never forget, first of all, Georgia had four defensive backs drafted in last year's NFL draft. Tyson Campbell and Eric Stokes, their two top corners last year, were both drafted in the top 33. In other words, the top, the first round and the first pick of the second round two cornerbacks were drafted. And you know how I know Kirby Smart was a little worried about that defensive backfield coming into the season? It's because he went and got Darian Kendrick, a cornerback transfer from Clemson out of the portal in the middle of June. He had gone through spring ball. He was going into summer camp. His players were back on campus working out, and he felt like he still needed to upgrade that secondary. And so what that tells me is that this was always a concern for Kirby Smart, But the thing was, I don't think that we saw all that much of the concern throughout the season because of who Georgia played. And it's not to say that Georgia played bad teams. It's not to say that Kentucky stinks or Clemson stinks or Arkansas stinks or whatever. Clemson won 10 games. Kentucky won 10 games. Arkansas won 10 games. 
But was Kentucky, was DJ Uyla from Clemson the guy that was going to expose this Georgia secondary? Was Will Levis, with all due respect, I think he's a talented quarterback, but was he the guy that was going to expose the secondary? Was K.J. Jefferson, as good as he is, the guy that was going to expose the secondary? Because I don't think it was, especially, by the way, when you fall down early, when Georgia gets ahead of you, and when they could just send all their guys at your quarterback. And so I bring all this up to say, yes, Bryce Young was incredible. Yes, he threw for over 400 yards and three touchdowns. But this was something that maybe we should have seen coming because Georgia simply had not faced a quarterback that is that dynamic. And I think it's worth noting, right? I'm not a football guru X's and O's. I'm not Trent Dilfer here, okay? I'm not uh, Steve Young. I'm not Rex Ryan, Ryan Clark, Dan Orlovsky, whoever you see on TV on, on, on your Saturdays or Sundays watching football. But at the same time, it's pretty common sense, right? Georgia wants to suffocate you. You try to run the ball. You can't do it against that defensive front. Then you have no choice but to pass, but you're not good enough passing the ball. Well, that's how you end up with Georgia destroying everybody, and it's how you end up with Bryce Young looking as good as he did in the first matchup between these two teams. Now, it's, of course, worth noting that coming into this one, um, Bryce Young does not have his number two wide receiver, John Mechie, who got hurt in that, in that Georgia game, the SEC championship game. But I bring it up because while I think it's important, is it really like a deal breaker? Like, is it really like, oh, my God, the sky is falling. There's no way Alabama can win because some people are making it out to be. And I look at it as John Mechie's great, really talented player, was really good against Georgia. But at the same time, it's not as though Alabama does not have other five stars, okay? It's not as though their best wide receiver, Jamison Williams, got knocked out of the Iron Bowl because of a targeting penalty, and Ja'Cory Brooks stepped up in that game. It's not as though Ja'Cory Brooks didn't step up and catch a touchdown pass in the college football playoff game against Cincinnati. And I do think, by the way, that's another thing worth mentioning about this game specifically as well. I think there's an overreaction to some degree to how Alabama looked against Cincinnati. And if you listen to the Aaron Torres pod, I've said it. I don't think we can overreact to that because I don't think Alabama was going for style points in that game. I think Alabama was very simply just sitting there saying, look, we can run the ball right at these guys. They have probably better corners than Georgia does. And so because of it, one, let's not put Bryce Young at harm. There's no need to put Bryce Young at harm. And let's not put anything on tape for Georgia, which is exactly what I think they did. I think they realized they could beat Cincinnati without any style points, without looking good, without any of that. And instead, just go out, do what we do, win this game, win going away, and then from there we focus on Georgia. And I think that's exactly what they did. And I think that's why I do think there is something to be said about Bryce Young's performance against Georgia in the first game and what it means for this game, even if he wasn't quote-unquote great in that college football semifinal. Now let's get to the other side of the ball where Georgia, of course, is going to have to move the ball against this Alabama defense much better than they did. By the way, I should mention with Bryce Young, by the way, and I think this is the point I was trying to get to, even if we're going to argue that Georgia's going to be better and Georgia's going to be more prepared and Georgia's going to be this and Georgia's going to be that, here's a counterpoint to that. What if Bryce Young, even if Bryce Young's only at 80% of what he was, that's still really good. That's still better than any quarterback that Georgia faced all year, and that is where I would be concerned if I was a Georgia fan, is is there an answer to slowing down Bryce Young? Is there a way um, to, to make Alabama you know, more run or... That's the point, right? And that's the bottom line. Can Georgia get price pressure on Bryce Young? Because if they can't, it's once again going to be a long night. And I think it's worth noting, by the way, Georgia, zero sacks versus Alabama in that first game that they played. 
Also, Alabama all season long gave up a bunch of sacks, seven to or eight to Auburn, four to AM, four to LSU. And if George can't get pressure on Bryce Young, this game is over. But I also think that Bryce Young looking good against Georgia in the first game was not a fluke. Here's where I'd also be concerned if I was Georgia. You go to when they, they have the ball against this Alabama defense. And again, I think you go back to that first game and you sit there and say, Georgia got up 10-0. And it is worth noting, they were up 10-0 on Alabama. And then Alabama counterpunched and Georgia had no answer. But I think there was a big narrative coming out of that first game that Georgia abandoned the run too quick. And I do think there's probably something to be said for that, but I also think it's worth noting something else. First of all, Georgia did run the ball 30 times in that game, barely three yards per carry. But what I would also say is, I think this is one of the most underappreciated things about this Alabama, def- this Alabama team. We focus on Bryce Young. We have picked apart this team, including myself, by the way. I've come on this podcast, the Aaron Torres podcast, Fox Sports Radio, and said I don't believe that this is a vintage Alabama team. But while we pick apart this team, and while I would acknowledge they have weaknesses, you know what's great about them that nobody talks about? It's not Bryce Young. It's not Jamison Williams. It's not Brian Robinson. It's the defensive front. We spent so much time in the lead-up to that first game talking about how is Alabama going to move the ball on Georgia? You know what's crazy? Alabama, not Georgia, actually led the SEC in rush defense. Alabama, not Georgia, actually gave up the fewest yards per carry in the SEC. And so we spent so much time, Jordan Davis this, N'Kobe Dean that, the front seven, Georgia historically great. Alabama, by the end of the year, was statistically better than them. And that's not a knock on Georgia. It's not saying Georgia's terrible. It's just saying we didn't give Alabama the appreciation that they should have. Will Anderson should have been a Heisman Trophy winner. And so again, it goes back to what I said a minute ago. When you look at this Georgia team, it would be easy to say, they, they, they abandoned the run too early. And I do think they did. And I do think they're going to have to find ways to run the ball on Monday night. But I'd also be worried about if they can find ways to run the ball based on what we saw the first time that these two teams played. That's also a concern. If they can't run the ball, can Stetson Bennett win this game? Now, I will say, Alabama's secondary is by far the biggest question mark for Alabama coming into this game. Everybody's focused on no John Mechie, but Alabama's getting pretty deep on the depth chart in terms of cornerbacks. Josh Job starting corner most of the year, out for this game. Or at least we think he will. Jalen Armour Davis, less than 100%, might not be able to play. So Alabama's secondary is a big question. But once again is Stetson Bennett the guy that is going to be able to expose them? And maybe Stetson Bennett is the guy that is able to expose them. Maybe he is. I'm not saying he can't. But what I am saying is a couple things. First off, we saw what Alabama lo- or what Georgia looks like, what Stetson Bennett looks like in that first game going up against a better quarterback than, than he is. And we've seen it over the last two years. Again, I feel like I'm the only one that brings this up. And I'll say this in the bigger picture. You can criticize me for a lot of things, but anybody that listens to this show, anybody that listens to the Aaron Torres pod, I watch the games. I know what I'm talking about. You can disagree, but what you can't argue is I'm not putting in the work. And I bring that up to simply say this. I feel like I'm the only one that remembers, and I talked about it after the SEC championship game, that we saw Stetson Bennett going up against other NFL caliber quarterbacks last year. 
and it wasn't even close against Mac Jones, and it wasn't even close against Kyle Trask, and that was when he lost the starting spot to JT Daniels because we realized he can beat Vanderbilt, and he can beat South Carolina, he can beat teams from the group of five. But Stetson Bennett, when he is going up against a better quarterback competition, he can't beat those guys. And so I bring it up because, again, Bryce Young, even if he has a bad game, that's still, what, 325, 340 yards passing, two touchdowns, one interception? Can Stetson Bennett go throw for throw, play for play with him? Because I believe Alabama, even if they have a terrible game, going to put up 24, 27, 31 points in this game. And so the question becomes, can Georgia match him with Stetson Bennett? And I just don't know. I just don't know. I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm just saying I think it's going to be a challenge, and that is my biggest question coming in. Alabama's weakness is the secondary, but is Stetson Bennett the guy to expose it? Finally, what I would say, talked about Alabama's offense versus Georgia's defense, talked about Georgia's offense versus Alabama's defense. I mean, we got to talk about the coaches, right? We got to talk about the coaches. I think we all know the stats by now, but first of all, it is worth noting with Nick Saban, He's only been an underdog five times in the last 13 years, okay? He's only been an underdog five times in the last 13 years. One is tonight against Georgia. One was against Georgia in the SEC championship game. The previous time they were an underdog was against Georgia a few years ago, and Mark Rick was still the head coach. You know the last time that Nick Saban lost as an underdog, lost outright, and forget forget covered as an underdog, lost outright as an underdog, did not win as an underdog. It was the 2008 SEC championship game against Urban Meyer, Tim Tebow, Aaron Hernandez, and the Florida Gators. That was a long time ago. That was Alabama's second year and uh, Nick Saban's second year at Alabama. A lot's changed since then. But Nick Saban has not lost as an underdog since then. And so if he loses tonight, and I don't tell you how to pick, guess what? It's going up against 15 years where we have 14 years. It's been 14 years. 14 years since Nick Saban lost as an underdog. And I know he's not an underdog that much. But man, oh man, oh man, would it be, uh, you know, would it be some kind of crazy history there? And finally, I would say the two head coaches, right? This is now the fourth time that these two are going head-to-head. And it's worth, this is the fifth time, excuse me. It's worth noting, we all know that Georgia's 0-4. All of the games have been big. Two SEC championship games, one college football playoff. We know that in the first two games, Georgia blew a second-half lead to Alabama. The first one in that 2018 national championship game, the famous second and 26, Tua to to Devontae Smith. Year later, they're up in the third quarter. Tua goes down. Jalen Hurts comes in, leads them to an SEC championship. But then the last two have been really ugly. 41-24 last year in Tuscaloosa, Mac Jones versus Stetson Bennett. 41-24 in the most recent SEC championship game against Georgia. And so I don't tell you how to pick. But what I will tell you, and what would be concerning to me if I was a Georgia fan, four times Kirby Smart has gone head-to-head with Nick Saban. Nick Saban, by the way, 4-0 in his last four games 
uh, as an underdog, or the last three games as an underdog, he is 3-0. and he wins, he wins as an underdog. He doesn't even cover, he wins. But then beyond that, Kirby Smart 0-4 straight up against Alabama, and the games are becoming increasingly less close. Three-point loss in 2018. Seven-point loss a year later. 17-point loss last season. And then 17-point loss in the SEC Championship game. So that's my breakdown. That's my thoughts on this game. Um, for those of you uh, who are, are betting on this game, first of all, good luck. I told you I don't make picks. I don't make selections. I don't do this. I don't do that. If you are, however, interested in my pick of this game, you can go to AaronTorresOnline.com, download the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. But with that said, I do think I'm going to get out of here, and I do think uh, that this is it for this episode of College Football Betting with Aaron Torres. I want to remind you that, first of all, I've said it probably the last two, three episodes but thank you guys and girls for all of your support. This show greatly exceeded anything that I expected for season one of college football betting with Aaron Torres. And so one, I just appreciate your support. Two, if you're not subscribed, I would encourage you to do so. Because over the next couple months, we're going to get updated national championship odds for 2022 next season in college football. We're going to get updated Heisman odds. As I record here, it looks like Caleb Williams is, is uh, narrowing his decision and we kind of know where he's going to go. Uh, we're going to get, in the summertime, week one lines, week two lines, look-ahead lines to the big rivalry games. We'll break it all down here, and I encourage you to subscribe because, let's be honest, the way to get you know, the way to make money in this business, get in early and we'll have the opportunity to do so. Obviously, we'll probably take a few weeks off here as rosters get settled, as we figure out who's going pro, who's staying, transfer portal, all that stuff. But make sure that you're subscribed to College Football Betting with Aaron Torres. Uh, make sure you're also following on social media at Aaron underscore Torres, at Aaron Torres pod on Instagram. And uh, Aaron Torres... Uh, you know, that's really it. Aaron Torres online for all my writing. But thank you guys for your support of season one, college football betting with Aaron Torres. We're going to start looking ahead to 2022, 2023 over these next few weeks. That is all for me. I am about to get out of here. But thank you guys for listening. Enjoy the game. We'll be back soon. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.